Hello, and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast for the week of July 21st. I'm Logan Finney. Last week, I sat down with reporter Madison Hardy from the Coeur d'Alene Press to discuss recent political developments in Kootenai County, including a new study group that's looking into the possibility of restructuring the county government, and a current county commissioner who recently disaffiliated himself from the local Republican Party. Thanks for joining me today, Madison. Absolutely, my pleasure. And before we get started here, I do want to acknowledge that you and I both were reporters at the State House together last year uh, covering the legislature for the University of Idaho, so we have a bit of a rapport already. Yeah, I think it's funny. I was thinking about that last night, that the last time I saw you, we were in the press corps office down in the basement of the State House, and now I'm seeing you on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, the Zoom world that we're all living in now. <sighs> Things are slowly going back to normal, though. Yeah, it's been pretty normal up here. <laughs> So to get started here, um, there are some discussions happening in Kootenai County about possibly changing the structure of the county government. So I was uh, hoping you could explain that that situation for us a little bit. Yeah, so there is the optional forms of government study commission going on right now. It is it has been going on formally as a commission for a little over a month now. And basically what they're doing is evaluating the effectiveness and the efficiency of the current Cooney County government structure, which is a three member board of county commissioners. And they're allowed and permitted to do this. And they have certain other alternative government structures that they are allowed to evaluate the current form against under Idaho code 31-5001. And there are five main forms. There's the three member board of commissioners, which I said we have presently, and there is a similar three, uh, three, five, and seven are all the options for just increasing the amount of commissioners that they have and also make allowing those to be part-time versus full-time. Then there is the consolidation of two county offices. Um, and then there is the two main forms that are very seriously being discussed is the commission executive and the commission manager, which is similar to a city council style of government where there is the uh, council, which would be the commissioners and then a city administrator. Uh, so the commission executive and commission manager would have similar duties to that and help facilitate uh, operations. The only difference between the two is that the executive is elected and the manager will be hired by the commissioners. And then underlying on all of these forms is the six row officials, which is the sheriff, assessor, clerk, coroner, prosecuting attorney, and treasurer um, would have the option to become either maintain their elected status or become hired based on qualifications. So who is doing this study? You, you said that the group is called the Optional Forms of Government Study Commission, but uh, who's on this commission and how is it put together? So it has nine formal members and three alternates that were all elected by the Cooney County commissioners, three members each. There initially was discussions of having an ad hoc committee, which is supposed to be an unbiased committee to elect those members, but that did not pan out so well as one individual, Mark Eberlein, who was a former county commissioner, uh, stood up halfway through the meeting and said that he did, was not in support of the process. So it turned out to be commissioners who elected the or nominated the members of the city commission and uh they have been that happened formally on april 27th i believe and then they are tasked with evaluating our current structure and they are doing that through investigations of you know why this could possibly be needed in the past 
There's two other studies that were done in 1996 and 2012. And a lot of the reason that they cited for their idea to change this structure was growth and how the needs and services were very stressed and the commissioners weren't able to as efficiently serve their community. But basically they're going to do this investigative process through interviews with other uh, officials, talk with the public, financial studies, those kinds of things. And that will be done over the next year when they have decided on a recommendation. If it is a recommendation to change, then that recommendation will go towards the commissioners who would in theory approve or deny the change. And then it would go to the ballot measure where the public would have to have a two thirds majority vote for it to pass. Um, if there is no recommendation, if everything decides to stay the same, that's the end. Okay, so just to make sure I'm following along, this commission is evaluating the current government, seeing how it's working, um, comparing it to the other options that they have under Idaho code, and then they'll make a recommendation to the commissioners. If the commissioners approve of it, it would go to the ballot, and then if approved by the voters, we could see a change in Kootenai County government. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty long winter process. And as I said a little bit earlier, it has happened twice and also failed twice at the hands of the voters. Um, much of the reasoning that past elected officials say it failed is because there was no a lack of education um, about what it really meant. But, you know, I wasn't I wasn't here then, so I couldn't say that. And what's been the reaction from folks in the community? Are, are people calling for the government to be changed or how are how do they feel about it? You know, it was never a citizen um, move to get the commission going. It was uh, promoted by Commissioner Bill Brooks. Uh, he talked about it not at this past state of county address, which was earlier this year, but a year, uh, more than a year ago. And there has been some concerns from individuals throughout the entire process. Uh, people are very worried that their connection, their ability as the electorate to elect an elected official like the sheriff who is charged with safety of the community or the clerk who heads up elections would no longer be in allegiance with the electorate, but to the commissioners. And that's a huge concern for a lot of people. Um, and then there's also the executive and manager positions, which I mentioned earlier, that people are worried that it's another official that maybe they feel would take away from their ability to feel represented or um and then there's also the financial concerns this has been addressed a couple times in the study commission now you know what would be the financial difference between going from a three-member board of full-time commissioners to a five-member or seven-member board of part-time commissioners and also uh, there was one individual that brought up the fact that if we were to hire say a prosecuting attorney that search could go you know statewide nationwide and we would have to offer up a more competitive salary to gain those individuals. And that could be a financial burden on the county. So these are all things that have been discussed. Sure, yeah, there's a big difference there between hiring a candidate to be uh, an official versus someone from the community stepping forward to run for a position. Exactly, and a lot of people have notion mentioned uh, since the process started, it's that there's not a lot of qualifications uh, for many of these individuals that are elected. For example, the coroner does not have to be a medical professional or the assessor 
has to be, I believe, either 18 or 21 years old and has no other qualifications other than living in the state of Idaho. So there are some things that um, people who are proponents of the study have mentioned as it might be good to have those things, but that is weighed against, you know, what the electorate would really want in the end. And you've mentioned a minute or two ago that this idea has been uh, kind of spearheaded by one of the county commissioners, Bill Brooks, and he had some interesting news a week or two ago, and you've reported on that. Could you could you go into his his situation? Yes, uh, last Thursday, uh, we received a call from Commissioner Bill Brooks, who is a one of the three commissioners sitting on the Cooney County Board. Um, that he had decided to change his affiliation from Republican to unaffiliated or independent. And uh, he mentioned several things that kind of pushed him to do this. He has had a very strained relationship with the Cooney County Republican Central Committee, which he directly linked um, to the reason that he is unaffiliating and more so the chairman of the KCRCC, Brent Reagan. Uh, who he feels has become a dictator and has he feels that the committee has become dictatorial under his uh, under his chairmanship, which started, I believe, in 2016 about. And he said that he's not changing his personal beliefs. Like it's he said that he has never been anything other than a conservative Christian and lifelong Republican, but he's just seen it become increasing dictatorial. And Brent Reagan, of course, under the KCRCC, said that this wasn't true, um, that they are run as a committee, that they have councils and they have officials other than just him that make decisions and it's done as a group. Uh, he also cites themselves as their premier and most successful central committee and that success can only come as the talented and competent uh, subcommittee chairman. So Brooks also discussed several other things, which was um, a feeling that the KCRCC is pushing for more partisan nominees in formerly unpartisan, nonpartisan elections like the community library district, as well as North Idaho College or junior college up here, um, their board of trustees. And he also uh, cited that he feels that the John Birch Society, uh, which is a very uh, conservative group that has um, some anti-communist ties, has quote, infiltrated the KCRCC and he didn't appreciate that the KCRCC was giving time to the John Birch Society at the end of their meetings for announcements. Uh, but I think the biggest thing and the most significant um, one that he really said was that the KCRCC under Idaho statute has the ability to nominate three individuals if there is a vacancy in elected office, including commissioners. And Bill Brooks didn't want, he said, and I quote, I don't want my last breath on this earth to be thinking, oh my goodness, Brent Reagan, Reagan is going to name my successor. So that was a big concern from him that, uh, you know, he was nodding to his health. He is in his, I believe in his seventies and he is in a wheelchair. He does have health issues that come with those things. And he didn't want that to be a defining factor. So let's, let's back up a little bit and talk about the central committee. So there are you know, political parties are kind of nebulous groups of people, but the county central committee is a very specific structure that is set up in state law. So could you explain a little bit what the central committee is and what they do? 
informally, the Cooney County Republican Central Committee is a group of committee men who are from each precinct um, that converse about uh, political party decisions and you know, form as a vehicle for people who are in that political party to discuss certain matters. Um, formally, you know, they are a committee of a specific political party that has more or less connection to the state and to the legislators in their county uh, based on a political basis. One of the main things, as I kind of touched on with Commissioner Bill Brooks, is that they do have that ability as the official political party for Republican or Democrat that they can nominate individuals if there is an unexpected vacancy, which there is. <laughs> there was like a funny example that we had earlier here in Cooney County at the beginning of the year was that our former sheriff, Ben Wolfinger, retired before his term was up because his retirement benefits would have been altered uh, and he would have lost, I believe, a couple thousand dollars in a month's worth of financial aid once retired, which is obviously a burden on himself. Uh, so the KCRCC put forth three nominations for an 11 day sheriff before already um, confirmed by the electorate, Sheriff Bob Norris would begin his official term, which they ended up having Bob Norris be one of the three and then two of the other individuals basically supporting Norris. So it worked out in the end, but this is something that just, they have the ability to do. Sure, yeah, and that happens for a lot of positions, whether it be an elected official like a sheriff or someone like a commissioner, or even uh, in the legislature. Last year when you and I were there together, uh, Representative John Green from up there in that area um, lost his position in the legislature. It's supposed to just keep the ties with the political party that, you know, if um, a Democrat were to lose his position, it, I'm sure their Democratic um, supporters would feel a little bit hardened to know a representative that was not similar to their political beliefs was taking the role. So it makes complete sense. Yeah. If a Republican was in the seat and loses it, it goes to the Republican committee. If a Democrat is in the seat and they lose it, it goes to the Democratic committee. Exactly. And so you say there are three candidates that would be picked and then who who makes the choice between those three candidates? Uh, in any other in other positions other than the commissioners, for example, with the sheriff, the commissioners would make that decision um, in Bill Burke's case if he were uh, unexpectedly to leave his role and the KCRCC put forth those three nominations, it would be the governor. Similar to, as you mentioned, the legislative experience. Yeah. And now that Brooks is unaffiliated and officially no longer a Republican, um, if he were to voc vacate his seat, how would that process work? There's a lot of different um, ideas about that. I know there was um, a case in Washington where that happened, and it was upheld that the individual, his former party, was who ended up nominating. But I think we would have to see that and watch and see what the precedent was set by the state in that situation. Uh, I know that Brooks said that he's not planning on anything to happen anytime soon, um, but he also is not planning on running for a re-election. So it, and he has two more years, if I'm remembering correctly to his term. So I think we'll have to watch and see. And so this has kind of arisen from disagreements between Brooks and the County Central Committee. Um, and you mentioned some of those tensions have come from the Central Committee weighing in and endorsing candidates in races that have nominally been nonpartisan. 
Um, you mentioned specifically North Idaho College and the Community Library Board. So why don't we talk a little bit about the North Idaho College race and the issues that were happening there, and then we could touch on the board, the library. Yeah, and I think with any individual, uh, most have a political basis that they prescribe to or um, certain values that align with certain parties. So, you know, everyone going into any elected official position, whether it's a library district where they had not found a reason for political uh, disagreements um, or anything else, it's going to, it, it's not a shock that people have political party affiliation. I think the big thing um, that was touched on, for example, with North Idaho College is that prior to last year, it the KCRCC had never endorsed someone specifically because of their political affiliation to the North Idaho College trustee board, which they also did, um, as we will talk about later, with the community library district, which had never seen this situation. And um, in the NIC situation specifically, both new endorsed individuals that were endorsed by the KCRCC did be out incumbents. Um, it's uh, Greg McKenzie and Michael Barnes. And then the there was three positions open and the other one was a trustee Todd Banducci, but he ran um, unopposed. And uh, Joe Dunlap, who was replaced by um, Greg McKenzie, he did hint at being a little um, concerned about the race becoming a partisan affiliated race. He said uh, in a quarterly press article that because the education institution it re represents and serves throughout all five counties in North Idaho should not be driven by a political agenda and a political ideology. Um, there has been some discussions that have hinted at maybe this disagreement and this upset now that the trustee board is up and running over the last couple of months there has been some incidents with nic where there has been a call for the board chair todd banducci uh was asked to resign his result his role and then there is also um, an accreditation investigation that is ongoing currently for nic because of some of the instances of trust disagreements and instances where a civil rights uh, Human Rights Institute um, felt that some of the actions by Todd Banducci and some of the other who they call majority members, uh, Greg McKenzie and Michael Barnes for their political affiliation are making decisions that are against um, civil liberties that should be prescribed to by the college. Um, I know that Greg McKenzie in these discussions once said that he felt that he and Todd Banducci were being inappropriately um, treated by other members of the uh, board because of their Republican Party affiliation. So it has been something that's come up over the last couple months. And then also in the library board uh, races, the KCRCC waited and endorsed a few candidates. So what were the issues there that they felt were important? Yes, there was, I believe, two open positions on the uh, county library district board. And one was formerly held by uh, Bob Fish, who is a conservative. He's actually conservative from California, and he has actually served as a chairman on uh, Republican Central Committees in some of the areas, I believe it was San Diego and Los Angeles. So um, it was interesting. He came to us uh, at the press and said that he was not being endorsed. And he said the reason he, he was not being endorsed was because he had uh, disagreed when asked to maybe be 
willing to consider censoring books that the committee found objectionable, uh, specifically Bob Fish. It was um, books that describe something about transgender and gay activity. Um, and he said this, and he also referred us to another individual who was um, interviewing with the KCRCC for the role who expressed similar situations happened. Um, and then the two individuals that were endorsed by the KCRCC were did end up winning the popular vote. And that claim of uh, of trying to censor the local library is a is a pretty bold claim. What does what does the county central committee say about this? Brent Reagan, the chairman of the KCRCC, when I asked about whether or not they asked to ask Bob Fish and the other individual to censor books, did not specifically respond to that, but he did say that the process that the group undergoes for vetting a candidate is open and transparent, and it's done by an entire, uh, the entire precinct of committeemen. So it's not something that just happens by a small group, kind of how Bob Fish was describing it to happen. And he also did say that, quote, it's not surprising that candidates who did not score well have a low opinion of the process. So that's more or less how it has played out. So obviously the Central Committee has a lot of influence locally if their endorsed candidates keep winning races and booting out incumbents. Um, I think that as any political party, especially in Idaho, I think it's no secret that Idahoans hold their conservative values close and they are willing to fight for what they believe is correct. And I think that's no difference here in North Idaho. Um, we have a very conservative population that is happy with you know their values that is confident and i think that's a great thing i think that's anything that when you have those values that you hold dear you should be willing to say what you feel is correct but with the cooney county republican central committee being very supported and having members and you know being um, a prominent part of the community brent reagan in a recent discussion with him he expressed to me that their committeemen are involved in groups all over the county. You know, they have jobs as realtors. They have, um, you know, some of the women are Cooney County Republican Women Confederated. Um, they are throughout the community, which just means that they have a presence. And just as anyone that has a presence and um, anyone that's involved in the community, I think they do have that means to communicate their beliefs. Even Brent Reagan, as we were talking about the optional forms of governance study committee, he was invited to speak and express his take. So I think they probably have as much influence as they want to have. I'm sure some individuals um, don't go out and speak about all these things just like anybody else, uh, but they do have a place in our community. As I even said earlier with the NIC um, board, Todd Benucci, Michael Barnes, and Greg McKenzie are all members of the KCRCC. So they're just, just like any other group, they have presence here in the community. So as you mentioned, those uh, NIC trustees are members of the Central Committee. Um, but when you run for those races, those are nonpartisan races. There, there's not a Republican Party ballot line and a Democratic Party ballot line. Um, is it, has it been common in the past for the Central Committee to weigh in on these races, or is this a newer trend? You know, I think with bigger racers, the KCRC has always been involved. I think they've always been involved at the elections. Um, this was something that was a newer trend that we're seeing. I, I personally had moved up here uh, last June. And so I remember asking some different individuals in the community, you know, friends and neighbors, 
if they'd ever seen this before, you know, if this was common, if this was something maybe I was just was unaware of. And many of them said that, no, this is kind of a new phenomenon. And even um, on the KCRCC, of course, probably like other um, groups, they do uh, advertise a sample ballot here in the Coeur Press and online. And their sample ballot did have their endorsed candidates filled in, you know, marked in um, for what the ballot should look like. It's such a new phenomenon that we'll have to see what happens. Um, if I remember correctly on the ballot, when filling it out this year, there were names that had, you know, the R by their name or their names that didn't have any. So it's just personal choice. I know that uh, Joe Dunlap and the other incumbent for the NIC board, when that race was going on, um, they denied uh, filling out a candidate questionnaire, which the KCRCC puts out. Um, simply because they felt like it shouldn't be a partisan election and um, Greg McKenzie and Michael Burns did. So it's, I think it's all going to be nuance. For sure. And you mentioned earlier, you, you read a quote from your article from um, Brent Regan, who said that the Kootenai County Central Committee is uh, the premier and most successful central committee. Um, as you said, Idaho is a very conservative state and Kootenai County is a very conservative area of the state. Um, how much influence beyond Kootenai County does the Central Committee up there have? I know that um, Reagan is a member of the board of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. The KCRCC has one of the most active political action committees in the state. What sort of, what sort of reach do they have beyond the borders of the county? I think just like any collective group they have as much influence as they try to have i don't i wouldn't say that they could go down into ada county and say their piece and have it be the largest piece of information that they take into account but um you know are they're active just like many other political groups they are active in our community i know throughout the legislature they held several um meetings with legislators to talk about certain topics in the legislature they talked about maybe things that they felt were important to the community um you know they we Kootenai county in itself i think you know alone from the political party just Kootenai county itself we're the third largest county and we're rapidly growing that's all anyone talks about and i think just our influence maybe as a north idaho community is growing you know, a lot of times we do hear up here that Idaho is more than Boise. And I think people in North Idaho are actively trying to promote that and have a greater voice. That way we feel heard. And the Kootenai County Republican Central Committee might just be a part of that. For sure. We'll be keeping an eye on these developments as they go forward, as more elections are happening. Um, and if I can ask you to to be a put on your pundit hat for just a minute, do you think that these fights between Commissioner Brooks and the Central Committee or between uh, people who feel the NIC board should be nonpartisan, do you think these are typical, just kind of like disagreements between strong personalities? Or do you think this is a, a more of a philosophical debate about what the role of the party should be in Idaho? You know, I think it'll all end up being dependent on the people who take the action. I think um, Commissioner Bill Brooks, when I asked Brent Regan about his relationship with Commissioner Bill Brooks, he said that he did not have a personal relationship. Um, so this might just be the fact that they don't know each other. They don't, that might be a personal debate between each other. But I think by and large, people 
are just talking about and expressing their feelings. And we'll have to see in the future where that goes. I don't know if that's going to be something that becomes a divide per se, but if you look at the national spectrum, lawmakers have a difference of opinion. Individuals have a different opinion. I think it would be naive to say that all conservatives share the same thoughts. So this is one of those things that they are going to be able to just talk about amongst themselves and express. And I'm just going to be the one to write down what they say. Well, that's a very good unbiased reporter answer. Thank you. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be, right? Yeah, we're, we're doing the job. <laughs> All right, Madison Hardy of the Coeur Press, thank you for your time today. Uh, if people want to read up on your reporting, where can they find it? Uh, Press, so it's cdapress.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Coeur Press, CDA Press. And they are always willing to contact me at mhardy at CDA Press. Great. Thanks so much, Maddie. Thank you. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.